0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. If you've been following along, then you know that in our last episode, David, God's anointed one as the future king of Israel, killed the giant Philistine Goliath with one stone and a slingshot. God had anointed David because God knew David's heart was a heart that longed after him. Saul was still king, but God had told Saul that his son Jonathan would not become the next king after him. Saul's family would no longer inherit the kingdom of Israel because of Saul's disobedience and disregard for the Lord. After David killed Goliath, all the people of Israel rejoiced. David was the hero they had been waiting for. David continued to serve King Saul, and from that day, King Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. Whatever Saul sent him to do, David did it so successfully because the Lord was with him. Saul even gave David a high rank in the army. David was in charge of many men in Saul's army because of his skill and his bravery and courage. This made all of the Israelites very happy and even Saul's officers were pleased with David. David even became best friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. Do you have a best friend? If you've ever had a best friend, then you know how great it is to have someone to spend time with, to play with, to talk with, to do things with. David and Jonathan were so close they were like brothers. The Bible says that Jonathan became one in spirit with David. That means Jonathan and David knew each other so well that they were there for each other no matter what. Jonathan even made a covenant with David. Do you remember what a covenant is? A covenant is an agreement or a promise between two people. Jonathan made a covenant with David that they would be friends all of their days and they would support one another and take care of each other If ever either one got in trouble, that's the best kind of friendship there is. And to prove that he meant it and would not break their covenant, Jonathan gave David his robe along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. This was very important because as we will see, their friendship would soon be tested. You see, after David and Saul returned from the battle with the Philistines, the people came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and lutes. They danced and sang because they were so happy the Lord had given them the victory over the Philistines. This is what they sang. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Oh dear, did you hear that? They were saying that David was more successful than Saul in battle. They were cheering on David and his victories as greater than Saul's. Well, this made Saul very angry. When he heard them singing this over and over and over again, he became irritated and mad. He thought, They have credited David with tens of thousands, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And dear true seekers, something happened in Saul's mind that day. That one little thought crept inside of Saul and planted itself right there in his mind. Satan began to whisper in Saul's ears. Everyone is cheering for David and not you. You deserve the praise, not David. David is going to get all of the attention instead of you. He might even try to steal your crown from you. And Saul listened to those lies just like Eve listened to the lies of the enemy in the Garden of Eden. And from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Saul became so jealous of David that the next day an evil spirit came forcefully upon Saul. David was playing on his harp as he usually did to help Saul calm down. But instead, all of a sudden, in that moment, Saul had a spear in his hand and he took that spear and hurled it straight at David, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David quickly ducked and eluded him, not once but twice. Saul was afraid of David. Now wait just a minute. Saul was afraid of David? Shouldn't David have been afraid of Saul? Well, you see, Saul was afraid of the power of the living God living inside of David. Saul knew and recognized that the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. So Saul sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. And David left the house of Saul and went to serve over the men in the army. And in everything David did, he was successful because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful David was and that he was becoming even more successful and more popular, Saul became even more afraid of David's popularity with the people. Saul was afraid the people of Israel would love David more. But truth seekers, that's exactly what happened. The more David was in charge of the army and the more battles he won, the more all of Israel loved David because he was leading them to victory. Sadly, Saul had let his jealousy become so great that he began to have thoughts of getting rid of David. Murderous thoughts. Saul said to David, Here is my older daughter Merib. I would like you to be the one to marry her. Only in return I ask that you continue to serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. Well, on the surface this sounded good. But underneath it all, Saul was thinking, I won't raise a hand to hurt David, but the Philistines will do that as he goes out to battle. When the Philistines hear that David is married to the daughter of the king, they will think he is important. He is the king's son-in-law, and they will focus their efforts to kill him. But David said to Saul, Who am I? And what is my family or my father's clan in Israel that I should marry the daughter of the king and become his son-in-law? So David refused because he did not think he was worthy enough to marry the daughter of the king. King Saul would not let that stop his plan. He had another daughter named Michael. Michael was deeply in love with David and wanted to marry him. Saul thought, good I will give her to David to marry, so that she may be a snare to him, and so that the Philistines will be against him. Saul said to David, You now have a second opportunity to become my son-in-law. And again David said, Do you think it is a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? I am only a poor man and very little known. But King Saul said to him, I will let you prove your worth to me to be my son-in-law. In order to marry my daughter, you must overcome 100 Philistines. So Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines. When David heard this, he was pleased to be able to prove his worth to King Saul. He would fight the Philistines to earn the right to marry King Saul's daughter in marriage. This was an honorable thing in David's sight, so he agreed to it. Now, truth seekers, do you think Saul's plan will work to get rid of David? Do you think Saul's plan for the Philistines to kill David in battle will work? The Bible says that David and his men went out and overcame not only a hundred Philistines, but twice that many. The Lord gave David the victory, and David conquered 200 Philistines that day. Of course Saul's plan did not work. The Lord was with David. So Saul gave David his daughter Michael to be married, and David and Michael were married. When Saul realized that not only was the Lord with David, but now his daughter loved him with all of her heart— Saul became even more afraid of David, and in his heart, from that moment on, Saul would remain David's enemy the rest of his days. David continued to fight against the Philistines, and as often as they did, David met with more success than anyone else in Saul's army, and David's name became well known among the people. Dear truth seekers, what are some truths we can find in this story? Are there lessons you learned as you were listening to this story? One truth we find in this story is that we must be very careful what thoughts we are allowing in our minds. Do you find yourself thinking bad thoughts sometimes? Have you ever had thoughts like, No one loves me, or that person is more important than me, or I'm not very smart, I can't do anything? These are lies that the enemy is whispering in your ear. He wants you to believe them. But there is something you can do when those thoughts come your way. You can stop them by speaking the truth from the Bible. That's right, you are a truth seeker. And so far, you have learned many truths from the Bible. Speak those truths out loud so the enemy can hear you. Say to Satan, the Bible says that nothing can separate me from the love of God. The Bible says, I am a child of God. The Bible says that God is my father and he is a good father. When we speak the truth, we drown out the lies of the enemy and he has to leave us alone. Saul did not drown out the lies of the enemy. He chose to believe the lies and he let those lies go deep into his heart until he had murderous thoughts against David. We must always keep watch over what thoughts we are allowing to fill our minds. The Bible says to think only on what is good and lovely and true. Do you know that there is another truth we learn from this story? We learn that as God's anointed one, nothing or no one could harm David. The Lord was with David, and even when Saul tried to harm David or have him killed, God protected him. No plan of the enemy will ever work against you who are a child of God. You have no need to fear what anyone or anything might do to you. God is greater and he is taking care of you. He has sent his angels to watch over and keep charge over you. You are safe in his hands. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 1 Samuel chapter 18. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Father, we thank you that you are our protection. As we trust you and follow you, you have promised to never leave us or forsake us. It says that you encamp around those you love. Just like your presence went before the Israelites in the wilderness, so your presence is always with us. Help us to be careful about what thoughts we allow to enter our minds. We don't want to be like Saul and let thoughts of jealousy and hatred fill our minds. When we are tempted to believe the lies of Satan— Help us to remember the truth from the Bible that we have learned. Help us to memorize and think about and dwell on your words to us always. This will help us when the enemy comes to lie to us. Give us the courage to shout out the truth when we are tempted to believe a lie. We shout, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are your children, fully loved by you. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I want to let you know that the Bible curriculum I have written called A Thread of Hope is now available on patreon.com forward slash Sherilyn R. Grant. The first unit has been uploaded with the first five podcast lessons and worksheets to go along with each lesson. The very first lesson of the unit I have made available, it's free and open to the public, so you can go there and sample the first lesson to see if it's something you and your children might be interested in before subscribing to become a member. As a former elementary teacher and a current Bible professor, I am so excited to offer this resource as a tool in helping children understand the beauty of God's redemption and the story that we are all a part of in his redemptive plan to save us. Thank you so much for all of your support. And I look forward to our time together next week.